Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. LMFM Podcasts brought to you with Cartmel Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Cartmel Cross Credit Union on Neil Street or at cartmelcrosscu.ie. The late lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get lowest can be APR, zero deposit required, and finance arranged within four hours with all one nine two pre ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda, or Cavan. You're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's late lunch on LMFM Radio. You might recall yesterday afternoon, towards the end of the show, myself and Louise were talking about uh, kerfuffle in Scaries. It seems tree cutting was going on, and there were a number of people not happy that the trees on the main street were being taken down. Well, amid the roar of chainsaws and a lot of commotion in the uh, centre of the North Dublin town yesterday, Shane Holland chained himself to a tree. He's on the line with me. Good afternoon, Shane. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thanks for taking a call. Obviously, you're not chained to the tree anymore, and you're free to talk to us today. I know you were tied up I'm yesterday. Working too late today. <laughs> All right, you're you're back at base. I'm Te- back at base here, and uh, you know it was a pretty heavy day yesterday, and it continues to be the same today. You know, there's still more tree cutting going on in Scaries today. Um, the kind of chainsaw gangs came in at, at very early in the morning and started outside Neilan's pub. Uh, and took down a, an over a hundred year old London plane tree, um, and then proceeded to take out other other trees outside the Coast Pub, and then worked their way up towards our house on Church Street, which is you know a lovely tree lined kind of avenue. Mm. Um, so we're very yeah very disappointed and very very angry and saddened by this. Those London trees were a feature of O'Connell Street. Am I right? Some time ago, and they removed them as well. Yeah, they might have been. You know, they have that that kind of crinkly uh, yep. layer on them. You know, they kind of have that grey, kind of uh, flaky, kind of thing on it. So that was the only one of that style um, on the street. Mm. And you know, the the debate. Uh, you know, in fairness to Fingal County Council, you know, it's all about the the footpaths and the fact that people are tripping over them and claiming and claims culture is is giving them a huge headache with with claims. But on the other side, we're going these. These trees are perfectly healthy trees. You know, a lot of the pavements are are manageable if they manage them, but they're not really managing them in a way which we think would be appropriate. And you know, they're just they seem to be just sick of having to repair the pavements. But we're saying, you know, you need to invest. You need to invest the time into it in mm. order to 
keep the trees on the streetscape. So here's the thing, and it ties in with uh, other subjects and areas and issues we've been talking about on late lunch in recent months. In fact, from sometime last year, this insurance thing. So you're saying to me that the claims, the insurance culture, people, you know, claiming, and of course we have Maria Bailey, the infamous case this week of, of one of our TDs and the hot water she's got herself into. This is what's driving the taking down of these beautiful trees. And it's kind of I I did a lot of research in terms of you know I as a kind of designer and sculptor and a, and a and a driver of a number of projects in Scaries including the Sea Memorial and the sculptures you know I deal with the council a lot hmm. you know so I have I would hope I have a, a good working relationship how good that will be after this uh, after this week is is here to be seen but uh, you know. I was able to talk to the person in the depot in Belbriggan, who the supervisor, and he was saying, "Listen, we have a list of trees that that are going to come out, and we're going to replant certain ones, and we're not going to replant other ones." And really, the de- the devil is in the detail because, for example, outside my house, you know, there was a, we had a big shakedown yesterday, and the engineer from the council was saying, "You know, the path is too narrow; the the the, the concrete is coming up." and we're getting claims on it and we're just you know we're not having it anymore and i said all all you want is really flat pavements and you know people if people think they can get money out of tripping over things you know that's the terrible thing and it's the judges you know one of the depot guys said it's the judges that are giving out 50 and 60 grand you know for for very smaller or you know some people if you break a hip it's a huge it's a huge issue but you know there's a lot of claims that have been settled for you know for very minor in- injuries and it's a disgrace but on the other side it's more of a disgrace to give concrete or claims the the precedence over trees that are our future you know the future. Mm, I hear what you're saying and, and uh, I understand and, and the importance of trees in, in the overall climate uh, debate is indisputable. So you honestly feel, and I just want to pursue this a little more, that with a little extra effort on behalf of the council in footpath maintenance, that they could actually level out these surfaces and leave the trees alone, even though I do know at times, and in fairness, roots come to the surface and cause difficulties. There, yeah, like there are difficulties. Like if you look at some of the trees have been taken down, you would really wouldn't think that there was anything going on there at all. And, you know, I think... You know the 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 surface issue. There's a part of it is due to design and selection of the actual you know species that's gone in. But the trees that are there are there, mm. and they're all healthy. And the the situation is, you know, in Barcelona and in in Lisbon and in all these countries that value trees. You know, they work with them in the pavements. They have small sets of cobbles. They 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 accept undulations in the things, but not big, you know, cracks and mm. and bumps. So, like, people have to get real here, and people have to say, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have you know perfectly flat uh, pavements everywhere. And and the great thing about what is happening now with the public support for our campaign in Scaries is that it's the ladies that the council are saying are the problem, you know, the people on Zimmer frames and people who are finding it difficult to access over their, their paths mm. are saying, we're for your trees. We don't want you digging up the trees because of our paths. We want the council to fix the path, you know, and we want them to do a better job at it. And, you know, the council, we just feel that the council are not willing to entertain or, or put the design time or put the, you know, 
put their expertise into thinking up a solution for this. They just want to get rid of them. Yeah, the, the, the easy option. Now, in fairness, we have contacted Fingal County Council and we have told them that you, you will be talking to us today and we've asked them to respond. And uh, if they're listening today, they're hearing what you're saying and we'd love to hear what they have to say on it. And they're welcome sure. to come on yeah. and, and put their case. Here's the thing, though. Let's go back to yesterday. It's extreme to chain yourself to a tree and the chainsaws flailing all round you. Well... You know, there was a shakedown. I had to come to work and then I went back to Scary's and at high noon, uh, you know, the Fingal van was parked. What what actually happened was that my I backed up my van to the tree and chained the van to the tree while I went to work to drop off one of the lads to do leak. And then I came back and, you know, the chainsaw gangs were out and we were... We were there, one of my friends was there sort of defending the tree and staying beside it. Um, And, you know, we had already put chains around the tree and signs on it, do not cut. And then uh, Fingal called the guards, uh, you know, as well as called out an engineer to talk to me. And I basically said, I'm not going to back down on this. I've heard all the arguments. You're not interested really in the tree. And I am. And outside my own home, over the past, you know, I'm 13 years living in Scaries. Um, there were three trees outside or adjoining the property, uh, you know, since I moved in. One of them was hit by a drunkard driver and was cut by the chainsaw gang two two hours after it was hit, even though it, was, it seemed like it was perfectly fine. And we were promised to get a tree back in the pavement. It never happened. 11 years later, still waiting for that. Then they serve a notice saying, OK, we're going to cut your tree at the front. And this was after a neighbour who said, you know, who decided not to, you know, to, to cut down a tree one Saturday morning. So therefore, you know, for my kids' future and for, you know, nobody wants to live in a treeless world. We want the birds in the trees. We want the oxygen they give. And, you know, we know that the promises that we've been given haven't been, haven't been stacked up against. And therefore, it's time for me to take more extreme action, which is basically chaining myself to or standing beside my van chained to it. We removed the van at the end of the day because the guards had asked me to do that. And I complied with that. And then uh, essentially, Fingal were saying basically that they were going to create a cordon around me and the tree and then that I was going to be trespassing in their workspace. But the guards actually came down on our side, in fairness to them, and said, no, this is a private citizen. He's, he's protesting by standing beside a tree, and he's perfectly entitled to do that. And they didn't arrest me, and they didn't. And eventually, uh, the chainsaw crews had to leave. So the tree is still there? It is, and it's been monitored and patrolled by, by friends and supporters all day today from 7 a.m. this morning. Fair juice to you, because uh, I didn't know that. So you succeeded. Your protest succeeded. We, uh, we saved two trees out of the, the six that came down uh, yesterday. But unfortunately, there's more trees that, that, you know, they chose a different street today. You know, we have people on alert all over Scaries. People are going crazy about this. And people are just so, you know, there, were, there, was, there was a lady who was in tears, who's had a tree cut down outside her house. She didn't even know it was going to happen. She said she was served at no notice. And she was, yeah, she was in tears and she was going, this is, this is just not right. And furthermore, it's, it's kind of happening. It's happening at a time when there's kind of a political vacuum because, you know, the elections were all of the new councillors, including Joe O'Brien, the Green councillor, isn't actually a councillor because he's to wait another 10 days before he's officially in office. Mm. Same with Shauna O'Rody. 
you know, and then some of the Fine Gael councillors are sort of going to ground and saying, well, we're in, we're in support of it. So as residents of the, stri- of the, the town, we feel that we were being kind of shafted because there's actually, uh, you know, the, the timing of this is very, is very strange and very sort of difficult to get, uh, you know, to get representation. Yes, I understand what you're saying. H- had you known this was going to happen, or has this come out of the blue? Were well, you issued with notice? Seven day notice. I had a seven day notice posted in, like just a, a, a kind of photocopied page with a, you know, with a tick on it. Yeah. Somebody said your tree is going to be taken out. That's it. So subsequently, you know, with all the research that was done. I realised that yes, actually the the tree was um, on a list of trees. You know, I believe there's a list for Rush, Lusk, and Balbriggan as well as Kerry's. And uh, you know, there's a lot of trees that are up for the chop, as far as I know, with this new Stingall plan, which is basically you know reinserts reinstate certain trees. But we don't know whether they're going to reinstate you know, the trees where we want them, as in outside my house, the engineer told me, no, I'm not going to put back that tree. So we don't feel we've a, we've a choice in it, but, uh, the, you know, the we don't know either whether they're going to plant them, you know, in the streetscape or whether they're going to plant them up in a backfield in Ardgillen. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of the, I have to say, beautifying features of Skerries. It's a lovely town. I love to visit. I love to go yeah. to eat there, to wander up. Uh, around Storm and a teacup and the, yeah. the restaurants there are there on the promenade but the town itself is gorgeous to go up and I can't imagine it denuded of trees well it's not you know hopefully it's not going to be denuded of trees like it's it's there, there is a there is a culling process going on it is not going to be all of the trees I am assured now okay. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure what to believe but I am I know that you know there's certain trees that are being targeted and that's that's it, and the, the chainsaw mm. contractors are are going to do it until they can stop. So, you know, we're we're on full alert at the moment mm. in order to stop the destruction of these trees because they're healthy. Mm. And you know, we just there's so many so so many people upset in the town, and there's so many people that feel they're not being re- represented by their representatives, and there's so many people that are sort of. Um, you know, joining forces and the people that we didn't think were likely to join forces, like people who are in mo- mobility scooters and Zimmer frames are actually coming out supporting us and yeah. with school children. And, you know, you've only got one chance at this thing. You know, once you take out a tree, you end up with a tiny little thing that'll take, you know, that might have 1% of the carbon. Correct. And our generation and even the next generation or two won't see it to the maturity that is there with the current crop that were planted so many, many moons ago. Here's the thing as well. You know, people think they can just cut trees down willy-nilly. You can't. You must have a licence to cut trees. People have vandalised trees all over the place. There are many stories of this. You cannot cut a tree. I take it that the council have the appropriate licences or maybe as they're constituted they have... Uh, you know they're above licensing. I can just do this. Do you know anything on that? No, or well, yes, I did a lot of research there on Monday, and you know because I uh, wasn't really finding, I had to find it out for myself. So I, I contacted the Department of Agriculture on Monday, and they said, well, it's back to you can get a tree, you know, tree protection order, which is a TPO, and that is issued by the Planning Department of Gesu Fingal County Council. Mm. I went onto their website and went through the the routine and rang the phone numbers in Fingal Planning, and I got through to Fingal Operations, who are the same crew that are actually out to, you know, contract 
the you know the the chainsaw operators so you know i felt that i was just being run around in a circle and i wasn't getting anywhere and it it is kind of it is uh we think that the the licensing for these tree cutting the the tree cutting operation is actually being superseded by a health and safety kind of proviso which basically says if if there's a you know, if, it, if there's any health and safety issue, like tripping on things, they use that in order to not have a license. Yes. So yeah. we don't, we think it's illegal. We've been told by the Tree Council of Ireland that it is, that it is not legal to cut a tree. There's a section 37 of the Tree Act or the Forestry Act, which we believe it's illegal and it's doubly illegal to cut during nesting season. So, you know, during the summer, True. during nesting season, we don't. We have not seen any license for this work. Okay, that's uh, an interesting point you make. Look, Shane, I'm going to leave it there for today. I wanted to bring your story to the airwaves today and let people listen and make up their minds. Thank we you. have asked Fingal County Council to respond and give us their take on this. But uh, you're a brave man, and I admire your stance and the stance of others there as well who who want to be a part of the consultation. And that, in my opinion, is not unreasonable. Wish you well, Shane. Thanks very much, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Shane Holland there, who chained himself to a tree yesterday in Scaries. Are you from Scaries? Are you listing? I'm sure, sure not. a lot of people are very familiar with the place as well. Have you a view on this? We'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. You can call in 1850-715-958. Anne says, I wonder if Shane Holland related to Kitty. Both great people. You're right there for certain. I don't think he is, Anne. Peter's been on to say, Jerry, it is illegal to cut down trees and hedges between the 1st of March and the end of August because of the birds nesting. So right you are, Peter. We've talked many times over the years to the Drogheda branch of the Alzheimer's Society and this evening they have a very, very important night in their aim to build their own specific centre for Alzheimer's sufferers. I'm joined on the line by a man you know well. He's their chairperson, Noel Heaney. Afternoon, Noel. Afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for joining me. You have two big hitters coming to the Westcourt Hotel in Drogheda tonight. Why so? Um, we're having a big push, Jerry. Um, we're announcing something in relation to planning. So <clears throat> we want to get a big push. We have a lot of money saved. Uh, thanks to the people of Drogheda, about 600k. Uh, we probably need about another 350,000. Our leader have said they will help us. But we're going to need a big push between now and the end of the year. So we said we'd have a big launch, you know, a, a reboot, a reboot. Um, we're launching a GoFund page as well tonight. So we have, I'll tell you who we've come. We have the Cahirlock of Loud County Council, Liam Riley. We have the CEO, uh, Joan Martin. We have <clears throat> Bertie Ahern, former Taoiseach, and Ronnie Delaney, who are giving their services free, and we're delighted to have them. Um, we also have people speaking who have people who use the centre, uh, Anne Short will be giving a history. You know Anne well, Jerry. Yes. Um, Pat McLaughlin, CEO from the Alzheimer's Society, will be there, and John Clifford, the chairperson, and Roisin Cortis, um, who will introduce the video uh, of the lads, all the great work they've been doing. Okay, so you have a big lineup this evening. I'm particularly interested. Ronnie Delaney, of course, a guest of mine on the show uh, in the last while. What a wonderful man he is, and uh, will add immensely. And a man of your 
uh, around the evening at all, head to the West Court and meet this guy because he's supporting the Alzheimer's uh, Society in Drogheda. And of course, Bertie Maya was listening to him over the weekend, his analysis on the elections. Whether you like him or loathe him, he's a man who knows the game and he's putting his push behind this as well. So, a lot done, a lot more to do, Noel. And this is sort of the relaunch and the real push with the planning permission to build this centre ultimately. Exactly, Jerry. Yeah, we have a lot of great people working behind the scenes on this. Architects, engineers, our committee, Jerry. I have a fantastic committee. I forgot to mention Jerry Layden, who's joined us, and Jerry has been a tremendous asset to us as well. And Jerry's going to be talking about the plans and funding. And Declan Cassidy has put a movie together, interviews with people that will be shown tonight as well. So uh, a big night, Jerry. A lot of politicians coming as well. Okay, so they'll, they'll be lost. You needn't name them. They've got enough name in here, Nolo, over the last few days. We know who you're talking about, the new ones and yeah. the old ones as well. Yeah. What time do you start at? 8 o'clock, Jerry. 8 o'clock in the West Court Hotel this evening. Big push for Alzheimer's and these people and Noel and his crew, they really do deserve your support. So if you can get along, you'd be more than welcome. Thanks a million for joining me, Noel. Thank you, Jerry, and thank LMFM for your continued support. Not at all. You're always welcome, Noel. Nice to talk to you today. Let me remind you that one of the undoubted highlights of the festival calendar returns this weekend with the Carrickmacross Street Festival running from Friday through to Bank Holiday Monday. It's always an action-packed weekend with entertainment for adults and children alike. Many things happening, the traditional music, the big shows with the country stars. Yes, Dominic Kerwin and his son is there. Dominic with us on the show here yesterday. Arts and crafts, a dog show, teddy bears, picnic, fun fair, you name it. It's all happening in Carrick. It's the place to be this June bank holiday weekend. And check it out. Do check it out on carrickmacross.ie forward slash festival. Have a message in here. Uh, congratulations to Kieran O'Connor from Tully Allen. Um, he's a member of the Drogheda Wheeler Cycle and won the RD Cycle Club Round 3 heat last night in RD. Well done to you. Congratulations to you. And uh, just uh, something else to mention to you uh, while we're on it. Um, have you got what it takes to be one of our three Marilyns? If you can sing, act and have the mannerisms of Marilyn Monroe, then come along and get involved with a great musical depicting the life of this great and wonderful iconic star. There are over 30 parts, male and female, to be filled in this new and exciting production. The script is written by John Grant, who will also direct. Musical director is Paul Byrne. Choreography by Helena Sheridan and Chantel Neary. And the first edition for this cast will take place on Tuesday the 11th of June in Kells Theatre at 8 o'clock for script reading and further information. So if you want to get involved there, they'd be more than delighted to see you uh, drop in. And uh, if you have any acting bones in your body, do indeed uh, go along there and get involved. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda. My next guest today returns to Late Lunch for a very special reason. I want to give him all his uh, titles and everything that's on his resume. He's an international award-winning composer, conductor, songwriter, arranger and pianist. Yes, you know him, it's Brian Barn, And he's teamed up with his wife Casey, an equally accomplished writer and lyricist, to create a new musical called, I love the name, Angel of Broadway. And it'll premiere at the National Concert Hall right here in Dublin on June 12th and 13th. Hello, how are you? How are you, Jerry? How's it going? Nice to see you again. 
You're a busy, busy man. I'm busy. I've had a busy weekend with the cast, but I'm I'm delighted to be here drinking tea and drawing, <laughs> talking <laughs> about fishing. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we were talking about yeah. fishing. We'll tell you about that more in a moment. But look, here's the thing. This is a massive undertaking. Make no mistake about it. I don't have to tell you or Casey this. Um, was it inevitable, really, given both of your respective careers and impressive careers? Well, I mean, we live in the same house, you know, so we end up going on the same planes to the same places. So we thought, wouldn't it be nice to collaborate on something together? And we were actually writing this as a movie. It was a movie script. It was an idea. And it was it was originally a comedy idea. And we were we went through about 30 drafts of a script and... We we found that the the darker we went with it, the 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 more it became, we thought we should set this as a musical. And we were driving the car one day, and I thought, what if he's the angel abroad? What if he's a, a an Irish guy that goes to America and he, and doesn't go too well, and he becomes you know a junkie? And he, so that that's the kind of angle. And just angel abroad just popped into my head driving in the car. And as soon as we had that, we were like, okay, we're we're doing this, and we're going to work together on this. And you know, we'd worked together on 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 movie songs and stuff before yes. but this is the biggest undertaking we've done together isn't that funny that light bulb moment oh. light bulb moment with a name Brian it's the name and, and just the, 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 the vision of that character yes. you know, the and, concept and, and then we were off to the races with that you were away then at yeah. that stage how long is this in the making well I mean we've as a musical we've been working on it for about a year and a half now but mm. the, the idea of it was about two or three years you know scripts for film and just uh, but the, the started working on it proper about a year and a half ago and then we had a couple of read-throughs and workshops small little workshops and actually I did a little gig in the Solstice in Navin about uh, maybe eight months ago. Yeah, I remember that. And one of the uh, things I, I said to the audience, would you mind if I try out some songs on you? And I had Willie Byrne, my cousin from Navin, and I had Megan Pottinger, Tom is his granddaughter. And uh, and I said, would you mind? We have this little show that we're, we're thinking of doing. Would you mind if we test some songs out on you? And the audience loved it because they were the first to hear it, you know. And, and we gauged from that. We played about five or six of the songs and I gave them a little kind of preview of what the story was um, we didn't give it all away and at the end of it people were coming up going, I want to see the show what's the story you know what what happens to the girl and what happens to this and that was a kind of litmus test for us in Navin so we knew if we could get it by those people maybe we have something well there, done know. to you it was yeah. a nice subtle way of introducing it yeah. to an audience and, and as it's you say it's the only way you know, yeah testing the waters out. obviously you've told me already chicken and egg scenario the story first first that, that comes first the Always. story the characters and then the music comes after. Yeah, I mean, the story in any musical is the hardest thing to, to get right on, especially in an original story. I mean, it's it's easier to write a musical about, a, you know, set on a book or set on a movie that's already done, but this is an original story and they're the ones that fail. So we knew that starting that, you know, th- th- it's a harder mountain to climb to do an original story. But if you can nail it, there's the, the gratification from that is, you know, so we've been basically walking around for months and months, driving around, just arguing, what is this story? How do we fine tune it? How do we edit it? How do we take it all, trim the fat? And when, once we got the synopsis of the story, then I started coming up with melodies and we started inserting songs and writing around the songs. And so it's just this constant process, you know, and then we have two kids in the process and that stops when you pick them up from school. We're parents then and, you know, that's that's our focus. And then when they go to bed, we're back on. You know. <laughs> You're no different than other families who have to work their exactly. working life around their children as well. It's exactly. the same thing for and yourselves. It's, yeah, it's family first always, but with the, we incorporate them into it, you know. Yes. Roxy does ballet and Asa sings and plays the piano. So, that, you know, I think it's if you can keep that side of it happy, then the rest of it kind of uh, looks after itself. That is so true. Now, a resume of the story you've uh, alluded to it there a moment ago. 1970s. A man or two men head for New York. One first, is it? We have two brothers. Yes. Frankie and Charlie. And uh, Frankie is this young 
imagine an Irish singer, uh, you know, talented, good-looking kid who's destined for stardom, but he's living in, let's say, Navin. It's not Navin, but any town in Ireland. And he has an older brother who's a kind of opportunist and kind of, you know, gets him this opportunity in New York to sing in this Russian theatre. How how he gets there is kind of a, it's a bit dodgy and whatever, but basically he gets him this audition. But what we what we find out is that um, Charlie was engaged to this girl, and uh, Frankie, the younger brother, has also been kind of carrying on with her. So there's a bit of a love triangle, and Frankie's about to tell him before they go to to New York to do this big audition. Uh, but something comes up, and he's Charlie rushes him. I said, "No, you whatever it is, you can just tell me after." So they go to do the audition, and he becomes this massive star for 15 minutes. But then, of course, the girl gets pregnant, and the hits the fan and all that kind of stuff so mm. so there's this love triangle and then we fast forward 20 years later into the 90s and our Frankie who was once a star is now a down and out bum on the streets and he's a he's a, a junkie and he's living in this uh, flop house you know and, and he has these homeless characters that he you know that he's trying to save and, and whatever and then Charlie his older brother has turned in, into a rich kind of property imagine Donald Trump meets something else and they're arch enemies Mm. And that's kind of the setting for it. And it's all based on this, if he had just told him before he left, but he didn't. It's choices like King Lear, you know. So so we, that's the kind of setting of it. 70s, Ireland and New York, and then 90s, New York with flashbacks. And, and it's, you know. It's brilliant. It's dramatic. Yes. It's dramatic. There's a lot of fun stuff in it as well, but it's a, it's a very poignant story. And it has that kind of dark Irish stuff, but also funny stuff. And, you know, so we're mm. very excited about the story alone. And then... The music then, we've, you know, we've really gone to town on the songs and the yeah. writing of it. I've heard uh, clips from the songs on the national broadcaster because you're getting great pro- promotion there for yeah. it with, because it's with the RTE. Uh, RTE Concert Orchestra, Orchestra. Are, are, are putting on the show, but there's a quiet buzz about it around, yeah. you know. I mean, I had this weekend I had a rehearsal with the cast and we, ha- we have a kid from St. Louis, Montel, uh, Moore's and then we have uh, Ian Perry who was in Scorsese movies and we have William Byrne because we've the most incredible cast and we have we, we, we did a star search for our lead girl Emily uh, we needed a young you know kind of girl Irish and the girl we found was Megan Pottinger from Navin Trim and her, her grandfather was uh, Tom Fitzsimons you know so there's a Navin connection here and she got the gig because she was amazing That she was just so under stated and her voice and her acting was brilliant and it's just such a thrill that our lead girl you know there's a connection there. you are beaming from ear oh, to ear because this of is this. the best thing i'm telling you this is the best thing that i've I, I think i've done i mean i've done a lot of films and i've done i've tried musical and i've tried the, but this one i think to just just it's the thousand hour the ten thousand hours thing where you've put in your time and i think in terms of a, of, a, of an arc or a piece i think this is something that I think there's a there's a buzz about that I haven't seen on other stuff that I've done. So I'm can sorry. I say you're the Jurgen Klopp of theatre of musical theatre at this time because he's waxing lyrical over this Liverpool team. It yeah. says the best ever he's had in a final. For you to say that, Brian Byrne, because you've worked with the great and good, this is the best. Well, I I, I think so. I mean, we all think that everything you do is the best, and then you look back and go, well, that wasn't you know you could have done better. But this one, it's the it's the people's reaction that I'm getting so early. Like the people were crying in the room. We had, you know, we had a cast of of, of thousands in the room over the weekend. I mean, not we had sixteen amazing singers, you know, mm. and just the emotion in the room. And and you can't create that. You can't fake that. You know, like at the end of a show, people just crying and and crying after songs and then laughing. You know, that that, that stuff that's organic in a room that that you can't write in. A, that you you can try and write it in a script or you can try and write it in the music, but if it it just happens organically and if it doesn't, then it's no good, you know. I spot a name in the lineup as well that listeners will be familiar with. Adele King. Adele King. AKA Twink. 
She's amazing. So I, I, I've worked with Adele before and, you know, she's a colourful character. She's We all know Twink from the TV and uh, she's playing Mrs. Cunningham in this show and we it's it's not your typical Irish mammy. She's playing, a, it's kind of a, a deeper kind of character and we've written her a big song that's like a Glenn Close or kind of, a, a, um, you know, that kind of song that you might hear in Sunset Boulevard or something mixed with... So she's amazing in this. I mean, she's just bringing 40 years of experience and I've... She's, I've never seen her behave so well. I've never seen her sing so well. And she'll be up there with David Agnew on the stage and all is good. We know? all know that yeah. woman is talented. She's and amazing. She's had her moments, we know. But when you, I've seen her many times over the years. She's, a she's brilliant. Got she's it. brilliant. She really has. So the premiere is in the National Concert Hall in Dublin. The 12th and the 13th are the two big dates. Yeah. And, you know, ahead of that... All the build up to it and delivering the delivering of those two nights is so important in the whole context of this project. Why did you come to Dublin to stage it, and what are you looking at beyond this? Are you looking for a permanency in a theatre and a run? Is that yeah. the aim? This is this is the best, most glamorous read through of a musical you can have because I've got a fifty-five piece orchestra. I mean, launching a musical is massive undertaking. It takes you know millions and millions to do it. A fully staged production. What this is, is a concert version. So we have the National Concert Hall, we have a full orchestra and we have an amazing cast, but it's a concert version. It's, you know, where you see the actors come out and they have, you know, six feet deep to play with and this, you know, so it's not helicopters and Miss Saigon and stuff flying around. But my, my theory is if you can entertain an audience for two hours, 20 minutes with the music and song and the story without any fluff, we will have lighting and a little bit of dancing, but it's, it's, it's minimal staging. If we can get them with that, then imagine what it's like when you do introduce the, the big theatre and, and the, the, the hope is... You know, we have some very important people coming to see it and we have some great, uh, you know, half of Ireland kind of the theatre world and, and film. They're, they're coming along. So there's a bit of buzz about it. So we're hoping that next year we do it fully staged in one of the big theatres and then we try and do a tour. We take And, and eventually, hopefully, maybe. A the residency on the West End in New York, you yeah. name it. I mean, I have, I mean, there's a show playing in the West End in... in um, Harpy Home is playing in, in September. So I have a show on the West End at the same time that I'm trying to launch this other show so it's a good time you know timing is everything and isn't timing great that he's with us today Brian Barnes my special guest on the show today we'll be back after this short break Brian Byrne is with me on Late Lunch and let me remind you that Angel of Broadway is premiering in Dublin in the National Concert Hall on the 12th and 13th of June and Brian Byrne kindly has said to me during the break that we can have a pair of tickets for each of the nights to give away to late lunch listeners this afternoon. Did you think of a question? I didn't, but I'm just looking at the the banner. Will I will I make one up? You can make one what, up if you want, Brian. What town does LMFM broadcast their show from? <laughs> Would Brian, that be a good one? That Brian, you're a genius. Yeah. Can I have a job? Uh, yes, yeah. of course. I said to him, an easy question. He's a good one, isn't he? Yes, these studios are situated in which town in the northeast? Now, if you don't know, I give up. This is going to be special. Let me tell you, if you win these tickets, you are going to a piece of history because this is going to become great over the months and years ahead. And you love it. Angel of Broadway. Would you like to go along? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658. That's 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text with the answer, the difficult answer to that question and your details. And we'll pick winners for the 12th and 13th before the end of the show. Now, just wanted to mention something as an aside. Pat Coldrick, yeah. great friend of this show, wonderful friend of yours. He blew them away, didn't he, with the concert? He's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, uh, Pat called me up about six months ago. I said, Brian, I've, my life's ambition 
my life's dream is to play in the National Concert Hall with the RT Concert Hall. Do, do you think you could help me? And I said, yep, give me a day. And I called him back the next day. We're in. You're going to do a show and I'll arrange it for you. And, and he, I just said to him one thing. Do you think you could get some bums on seats in the concert hall? He says, yeah, I think I could do pretty well. And I think within about three months, he had already sold 700 tickets himself before RT even advertised it. He stuffed the concert hall. He played like a genius. He had People just loved it. So much love for that man. And what's remarkable is my father, uh, Jim Byrne, would uh, tell me about uh, Pudge Coldrick, this guitar player from Navin, who played classical guitar, and then he, he stopped playing for 25 years. And here I am, you know, all that time later, and I got to play with him in the National Concert Hall. So wonderful, fun. wonderful story. And I want to say today, because it was on holidays, congratulations to Pat and yourself and everybody involved. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy and nicer people. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I have to say, no, you're home for six weeks yeah. with the Waynes with you, the two I, of them. I have both of them, yeah. The daughter and son yeah. as well. And, of course, your wife Casey is here also. You have other things besides this. Yeah, uh, always. I mean, it, it it seems to be a nice time to come home to work. So I try now and plan stuff in the summer so I can come home. We can see family and the kids love it. And um, so I did Pat Coldrick's thing and then I have Angel of Broadway, 12th and 13th. And then I'm recording an album with Mary Black, which is a very special thing. She's, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention it, but it's it's old recordings. It's Well, it's, for, it's old recordings of, of Mary Black. So that voice that you heard way back, and I'm reorchestrating, reproducing it for uh, the National Symphony Orchestra, and we're going. She's going to release that, and so that's two weeks after the Angel of Broadway. So once I finish that, I'm back up to writing charts for that. Song. What did they say? Give a busy man, a woman, 
you know a task and they get it done for you and that really does yeah. uh, sum up you um Look, this is a very special time for you. I, I, I know it really is. And there's no doubt, you're, you're going to pack them in yourself. These two nights will be sold out, Brian. Well, I hope so. I hope oh, they so. will. And, you know, we have we have an amazing cast. We also have choirs from all around the place. We require people from Navin, Trimmed and Chocolate. One thing I don't have is, any, I don't think we have anyone from Drogheda, and I wonder if there's any bass. Do you know any basses or tenors that, that in well, the choirs that could... Uh, you have to talk to Edward Holly from St. Peter's Male Voice Choir, okay. and I'll put you in touch with him. Do And uh, they are the most wonderful choir. We have almost 80 people already, and we're, we're looking to break 100. Okay, and, and I'm sure you'll do bases, that. So funny, They'll be know. delighted. Yeah. They've guessed it. I know some of them with Andrea Bocelli, and yeah. uh, I was there. Catherine Jenkins a few yeah. years ago. They sung there as well uh, in the O3, and it's amazing, an amazing experience for them as well. I'd you love know? it. I'd love some people from Drawdale. Okay, brilliant. well there you are, Brian Bourne, putting out an appeal on late lunch this afternoon. We'll sort you out on that one. I, I promise you that. That's a Brian from Jerry. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> it must. I know you love being home. What about your children? Do they love being here? They adore it. They have cousins galore here and, and two months before we come home, they're like, Daddy, how many more sleeps? How many more sleeps do we go to Ireland? And as soon as they're off the plane, they're, you know, we'll spend a lot of time in Navin with my mother um, and they just love it. Cousins and, and get to play tennis outside and just run around and, and be free. You know, it's a great place. Ireland is an amazing place for, for kids to just, you know, learn the culture and see their cousins. So, yeah. You have the best of both worlds. Yeah. You really do. Well, it's lovely to come home and... Yes. and, and tie and work with family and you know we're very family orientated and, mm. and we travel everywhere together and, and it's, it's good for them to mm. to be with us you know rehearsals you just uh, had and you've been working on over the weekend what's the plan between now and the 12th and 13th of june is there a lot more work to be done oh yeah i mean i i so we had we had re- broke the rehearsals up on pur- on purpose so i could see does the show work three days and now between now and about the 10th of june i'll be orchestrating like a madman i have about 36 pieces of music that I'll have to assign all the parts to the to the orchestra members, but I could only do that after seeing timings and seeing what what actors need, what cues they need the clarinet to just play here. Do they need you know how many bars they need to walk on? Does Twink need uh, eight bars to walk on, or does she need four? And that's the type of stuff that you can only tell in a room. So between now and then, I'll be rehearsing choirs, I'll be orchestrating music, and. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get a few people into the concert hall. Yeah. Will you be nervous, you know, on, on the night, that first night when you go out? Look at you've been in so many wonderful amphitheatres. You've been involved in so much. You've so much experience behind you. But this being your your own, your and Casey's baby. Yeah, I mean, I think there's any any performance you do, there, there should be an element of nerves. And you've, the thing is, if you're, if you're an experienced performer, you channel those nerves into positive energy and that, then you you exude that to the to the audience and to the people on the stage and the orchestra and you know so yeah I think everyone gets the butterflies and I think especially for something like this because it's such a big undertaking and it's a very very personal thing because it's myself and my wife and you know we've worked on it for a long time so you want it to go well and you invest all this time and energy and you know so the, you hope and it comes down to two nights you know what I mean you put it on so of course it's butterflies but there's also it's like a roller coaster it's it's exhilarating you know what I mean even the weekend I'm on a buzz after hearing the cast you know you work on something for a year and a half and you write it out in a score and you know you know in your head what it's going to sound like and um but not everyone can hear what's in your head or see it on the paper you know (laughs) and then you have people in a room and they sing it and they exceed your expectations and that's what that's living that's what life is you know i mean that sound 
Amazing. My favourite is Le Mis. Yeah. I, I went to see, and of course, it's another Mead link again. Killian Donnelly was yeah. the lead in Dublin recently. Killian's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's the fourth or fifth time we've gone to see it between London when it came here originally years ago with Colm Wilkinson. Yeah, and Colm's come to the show. I mean, we have a whole load of. Oh my, oh my. So, you know, it's something like a star spot. Come to the, come to the show. <laughs> come yeah. to this. I want to ask you that. I meant to ask you when you were with me before. Do you have a favourite? Do you have a musical that you say you love personally? I love West Side Story. And I'll tell you why it 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 you know I love all those old musicals where you in your 30s 40s all those songs because I'm a jazz musician I play a lot of those kind of American songbook, but I think when Stephen Sondheim and uh, Leonard Bernstein wrote that show, what what Leonard Bernstein brought to musical theatre was was a, a classical sense in, in the orchestra. I mean his orchestrations were amazing. His composition was, you know it, it it's as good as you know any of the compo- American composers. But then you had Stephen Sondheim who was breaking a new very young, you know, actor. And then it's based on Romeo and Juliet. So, you know, the, the, I always look back to that show in terms of orchestration and in terms of excitement and, and the, it's a tragedy, you know, it ends, the, the, you know, as it does. Uh, so I, I love that kind of pinnacle of, of where the highest, you know, Leonard Bernstein was the most incredible composer in America, meets Sondheim, and it's still an amazing show. They're making a, mo- a movie of it right now. And I mean, I love Les Mis and I love, you know, some Tim Minchin. Like, I, I, I love stuff that's good. So, in this show, we have elements of Les Mis, we have elements of Sunset Boulevard, and then we have elements of, of you know, where it's more contemporary and modern. You know, anything that sounds good or that works to me is, is you know. We have a pair of tickets for the 12th and another pair for the 13th for Angel of Broadway. Ask that difficult question again. Okay. What town in County Louth uh, does uh, LMFM, do they broadcast from? There's more than one. He's even given right? you a clue there. So yeah. he has. Where are the studios? Yes. Answers to 086 1800 658 with your name and details. They're pouring into us as we speak here, but it's giving people who might be just joining us a chance to join in as well and perhaps win the tickets. Can I finish by saying this? You mentioned West Side Story. I mentioned Les Mis and their classics is mm. right. My wish for you and Casey and Angel of Broadway that in years to come, people will be sitting in studios like this and talking about Brian and Casey Byrne and Angel of Broadway in the same context wow. as those great shows. That would be, that'd be I a I wish that for if, you. If, well, thank you very much. Yeah. And best of luck with the 12th and 13th. It's going to be great. I know it's going to be great. Uh, unfortunately, I, I am just preoccupied, but I will go and see it when you move it somewhere else, I promise you. Well, hopefully. I'll be Next there. year, if we get to do it big in yes. a you know, full theatrical thing. Wonderful, we'll wonderful. Brian Byrne, my door is always open. You're a special guy. Not at all. Thank you again You're for gentleman. joining me on the show. Thanks, Brian Byrne. Thank you. I'll ask you to do something in late lunch land now. Close your eyes. Everybody, just close your eyes for a moment. I've, I've mine closed here. Just sit there with your eyes closed for a few seconds. You can open them now, but just contemplate what it's like being in a world of darkness every moment of your life. But yet on the other hand, there is a light in your life and it comes from your guide dogs. That's the life of Tom and Breed O'Neill, who are both legally blind and joined me today in late lunch to give me an insight and you into life without sight. Tom and Breed, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Jerry. Thank, thank you, you very much. much for coming in today. Tom, tell me your story first and your sight loss. Had you sight earlier in your life? Yeah, I would have. I'm from a county that Dublin likes a lot, Mayo. And, um, we all love Mayo. <laughs> Do you understand that 30 counties in Ireland adore Mayo? There's only one that doesn't. That's absolutely spot you on. You understand that? I do, totally. <laughs> well, very you're clear. a Mayo man, anyway, <laughs> go on. But I would have gone to school in kind of Toome and on to Galway to work in early life. So I would have had 
good vision, but playing football when I was about 14, 15, white ball, bright sky, played in the backs, didn't see the ball. That set me down a road to see what was going on. And I discovered when I was about 18 that I have an eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa, which is basically the pigment on the back of your hands, the colouring. It, it comes onto the retina of your eye to prevent the light coming through. It works its way in from the outside to the middle to the middle of the eye. Um, my vision would have stayed with me more or less until I was about 30. So gradually, gradually, gradually over those 15 years went. And that took me to working in Galway, finally addressing a, what I was going to do with my life in the sense that my mobility was poor, any job I went into, if it's working in a shop, I ran into an issue with a till. If there was a job that was involved in driving, obviously mm. I shouldn't be doing it. I was doing it. So I was driving a bit up to about 2021, 20, but I shouldn't have been driving. I know that now. And um, then I did a course in Sligo. And in the kitchen of that house in Sligo, I met my now lady wife here on my right hand side. And um, the mobility story kind of comes after that then. The vision went. I had difficulties getting from A to B. I got myself a job in Limerick, as it happened, in the civil service. Um, my bullet mobility was very poor. Mm. I used a white cane. There was no nothing in Ireland. I ended up in 1980 in Nottingham doing a long cane course because there was absolutely nothing in Ireland. I, but 1983, applied for my first guide dog because I had met somebody in Galway with a guide dog, saw the difference that guide dog made to that individual. And in 1985, I got Frank, my first guide dog, and my world of mobility and freedom absolutely changed. So that is the impact a guide dog can make on a person's life. Absolutely. I would have come in from work using a white cane or not using a white cane. Breed would have been at home with the little the kids. I would have been so stressed, so anxious, I couldn't get to an evening meal for up to an hour, an hour and a half. I was absolutely that tight up. But because I was the one that was working, we had a mortgage on the house, I had to head to Dublin to work somehow or another. Mm. But once I got Frank the dog, my life just changed completely. And you you, you had a career then in the civil service? I had. Okay. And, and are you still working or retired? Retired. We, we both left Revenue, that lovely department, seven years ago. Hey, don't knock it. I, I, I know we give out mm-hmm. about them and they collect the dues, but I have to say they're a very efficient department. Well, I, I will say that. Yeah, that's where I worked all my life then. Yeah, well done to you. And how many dogs have you had since the first one? Uh, in total, six, including Gatsby at my feet at the moment. Gatsby's there. What age is Gatsby? Gatsby will be nine, coming up in July. And how long have you got him? I have him seven years, and he will be heading towards retirement in about 18 months' time. OK, so they months. retire, is it, at...? About ten. Ten, OK. Yeah. And they're black labs they both have, and you know my messy, yes, my black Labrador. Mm. I don't think he'd stay as quiet as Gatsby is here. And the other dog is Queb. Queb is uh, the other part of this duo <laughs> when we talk about the canine end of it. It's Breege's dog. Breege, you're very welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you for you joining much. me today. Tell us your story first about your sight. How long have you, ha- have you not got sight? I was born with congenital cataract as a child and I had lots of surgery over the years. So I always had a sight problem. And, and when I was about six or seven, they realised I also had a hearing problem. So to make a long story short, I went to school in Dublin, in St Mary's in Cabra, to 
uh, for hearing impaired children. But when I was finished school, um, really my sight was more my problem than my hearing. So like Tom, I ended up doing the course down in Sligo where we learned Braille and typing and office work and telephony, what we were doing at the time. And by the way, I come from Longford. We don't do too much in the football, so <laughs> we just have to plod along. You're a bit like myself being a loud man. We're in the same boat. So, yeah, so I went to Sligo and had done my course, but had come back to Sligo to spend a weekend with the lady that looked after us, the hostel. And when I went down to visit her, I met Tom and... That was history after that. Um, we have two children, both grown up and married now, to, and we have four grandchildren. So we, um, like Tom, I my sight disappeared after over the years too. And I went to, um, to Cork and got a dog in the very early 90s because I was going back to work at that stage and I needed mobility. So I saw what the dog did for Tom. So I have my fourth dog now. He came into my life in December last, and he's just gone too. A young dog. A young dog. The name, Queb, Q-E-B is the way you spell it. Queb, yes. Queb is one of the eight or nine pups in the Q litter. Okay. So that's where they get their name from, the alphabet. I see, I see. So an interesting, it's a short name, not no difficulty spelling it. But you have no vision whatsoever. I have no vision, no, not at all. Not now. But I was lucky when the children were small, I could see a bit. Hmm. So it was a bit easier to cope and to see the children. Have you those impressions of what they look like in your mind to this day? Yes, I do. And I would know colours, like people would say to me, you know, uh, blue and, say, green wouldn't go very well together, that sort of thing. Or they might be saying, you know, you have a lovely pink top or a black top or whatever. Um, I'd know what they're talking about because I did see colour and it does make a difference. So that picture is in your mind? That picture is still there, yeah. Mm. What's it like to be in darkness all of the time? I don't pass any uh, heed on it at this stage I just get on with things I just never it never really bothered me um, because I always had a sight problem I suppose it just never bothered mm. me at all and the dog as Tom says Queb now and the ones before transformational for you as well transformational as well Queb is my fourth one as I said so my first one was Gypsy and uh, she was a black lab. And then I had two golden ones in the middle, Abby and Eunice. Eunice only died last October. She was retired to a good friend in Balbriggan. And um, now I have Queb. Is it hard transitioning from or difficult from a dog you've had for quite a number of years to a new dog? Yes, it is. It, it, it takes a good six to 12 months, I would say, to get totally used to to the new dog. And the dog to you? And the dog to you, yeah. It's a two-way process, Tom, yes, between between you and the dog and the dog and you as well. The staffing guidelines in Cork would probably say it's a a unit. That's what they tend to call the dog and the owner. Yes, you become one. You you become one. 
because as at this stage now, say I'd done about an hour and a half walk yesterday, but and it's a regular walk I would do. But I, I don't really think about when I come to traffic lights. I don't have to say to the dog, go right, because he's assuming I'm going that route. And mm. when we both worked, our dogs would see a certain dress code and that in their heads they were ready for the train station and they go for the train station. Oh my, oh my, isn't it and just brilliant? Breach, tell them the little story about you and Super Value in Balbriggan. Okay, Breach, you're on. Super Value story. Super Value, Balbriggan, yes. Um, we, I had my other dog, Eunice, on a Friday... Every time I went to the press and took out the bags to go shopping, she was up, ready and organised. And from my left house till I got to the customer service in Super Value, she knew exactly where I was going because she saw the bags. Hence what Tom was saying about the dress code. Yeah. They know. They, they know. have a sense, haven't they? they? That's sense. the thing about yeah. them. Yeah. And you know, Tom, you were saying you were out for your walk and that, and of course you encounter a lot when you go on a walk. But like round Balbriggan and where you move about there, the dogs become absolutely familiar with your habits as well. Oh, yes? Very, very much so. They do, yeah, they do. And uh, people get very familiar with you as well. And uh, kids will come up and say, Tom, can I talk to your dog? Because I, I do school talks quite a bit around Balbriggan and I would encourage the kids never to distract the dog when he's working but if they want to say hello to the dog to speak to me first and seek my permission is that important to say very important to say don't ever if I have the leash and the handle in my hand it'll always be on my left because the dog will be on my left never distract the dog because what happens is if you speak to Gatsby he looks at you there could be a pole straight in front of me right one foot and my face is straight my god for that fraction of a second the dog is distracted now, there's a, a, a very important message for people today. And, you know, your Labradors are gorgeous. And, of course, they attract people and children. They want to come and say hello to them as well. But it's a good point to make. Wait, talk to the person with the dog first, ask permission, and then there's no problem. That's right. That's right. Now, you're here for a, a particular reason. But first, you want to mention something happening in Balbriggan tonight for all quizzers out there. All quizzers tonight in the Milestone Lounge in Balbriggan tonight, 8.30 start. We have a table quiz, the usual, at 10 euros a person, 40 euros for a table. All the money that will be made tonight will go straight back to Irish guide dogs to train more blind yes. and more assistance dogs. And yes, <laughs> they dogs. are assistance dogs, not only for people who are uh, restricted in vision, but they special needs and uh, children in that uh, Well, in, the, in that area, I suppose, our first call would be guide dogs for blind yep. people. The second call is the dogs that won't necessarily make the grade of guide dog will be career changed, as they tend to call it, over to the assistance dog yes. programme. Okay. Yeah. So you're supporting, and you're hearing their stories today, Tom and Breed's story, and how important the dogs are to them. Now, beyond this, in June, you have a big, big night coming up in Kells, in the Headford Arms, on Thursday, the 6th of June. Another fundraiser for the guide dogs, and there's a big country star involved. There is, and it's, the country star that's involved is Mick Flavin from Drumlish, County Longford, and Mick himself, like ourselves in this room, is another lover of Labrador dogs. He has his own guide dog, sorry, his own pet dog called Duke. And about five years ago, Bridge and I were over in the west of Ireland in a hotel. Mick Flavin literally saw a Labrador with me, came over chatting to us um, before the dance began. And from that conversation, uh, he said, I'll do a gig for you sometime for guide dogs if you want, but you must get me Matt Levy to back me. He's the man I want if we're doing it up your way. So between one thing and another, we got hold of Matt and the Headford Arms. So Thursday night week at um, 20 euro 
a piece yes, for a ticket. Yes, 20 euro, yeah. Yeah, and the hotel themselves are putting on a lovely offer for anyone that wants to stay over, B&B and an evening meal and a ticket for 99 euros. You can't beat that. You can't beat Olivia, that. Duff That's and right. the mum and everyone will yeah. welcome you there. That's a great deal for the head. It is. It's a wonderful deal. And you're supporting guide dogs you as well, which is the big thing. You are. And so we would pay, you know, say to people, look, it's going to be a night of fun, a bit of difference. But everything that's made on that night, because of the generosity of both Matt and making the hotel, every bob that's made that night is going back into Irish guide dogs for the blind. These boys are doing this to raise money. Listen to this. These stars of country music. Tickets available from the hotel. Yes, where yes. else? Anywhere else they can get No, to everything has gone through the hotel. Through the hotel. Headford yeah. Arms. You have to head contact for Headford Arms for yeah. that big night coming mm. up. Just before we finish, we have half a minute left. You have children and grandchildren. And uh, for them, is this, you know, this side issue for either of you? Hereditary, Breach, or, or, or what about the future uh, there? Yeah, well, mine is hereditary. Uh, both my daughter and my son, or our daughter and our son, have uh, congenital cataract. And Laura, our daughter, her little girl also has it. Um, but Owen's children and these, they don't have um, our eye condition at all. And mine and then would neither be... Neither of them have no, That's right, no. Mine yes. then, while my grandmother had it, well, I now know my grandmother had the eye condition, my mammy has the eye condition, or had, had the eye condition as mm. well, and it comes into the third generation, and the, generally the routine would be that it would drop off at third generation. Mm. It hasn't showed its face yet. Okay, please everybody. God. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's great to meet you both and Queb and Gatsby on Late Lunch this afternoon. And I want to say a big thank you to John Mitchell, a volunteer with the Guide Dogs as well, who took you here today because you're all volunteers thanks a million John uh, for coming along he's with us here in studio best wishes for uh, the big night in June at the Headford Arms on the 6th get along and thanks for joining me on the show again both of you thank you Jerry. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Now, top of the show today, we spoke to Shane Holland, who chained himself to a tree in Skerries yesterday. And we're talking about the whole tree-cutting uh, matter that was going on there. And we have a statement in from uh, Fingal County Council, which says the following. The essential tree removal works in the town of Skerries is phase two of a programme, which saw phase one successfully completed on Strand Street, Skerries, in 2018. These works, which are now underway, are part of a broader scheme that will see works completed in Lusk, Rush and Balbriggan. All the affected homes received notification prior to works commencing that 12 trees were being removed on Church Street. The decision to remove these trees was not taken lightly and there was considerable consultation in advance between Fingal County Council and Skerry's Tidy Town, Skerry's Chamber of Commerce and Skerry's Liaison Committee. Fingal County Council has an obligation to all members of the community to ensure that the public footpaths are safe and obstruction-free to allow for safe passage, particularly for those within the community with mobility issues. It is absolutely essential to remove these trees at this time as they have caused irreversible damage to adjacent public footpaths. This has resulted in serious trip hazards and in some cases legal actions against the council. Over the last number of years, the affected paths have been repaired on numerous occasions but we are now unable to repair these paths any further without the removal of the adjacent street trees. All other options have been explored. In accordance with Fingal County Council's tree policy which was adopted by the members in 2010 where it is possible a more suitable 
tree species will be planted once pathworks are complete. If space doesn't allow planting in the exact location, a nearby suitable location will be chosen. In phase one last year, nine trees were removed on Strand Street and seven replacement trees were planted on site in suitable locations. In addition, to further compensate for the loss of street trees, Fingal County Council carries out open space planting in the area or on adjacent streets. And last year, 23s were planted on the old section of the Barnagira Link Road. Statement ends. Thank you indeed to uh, Fingal County Council for supplying us with that statement this afternoon to the show. Now, Louise... We had Mr. Brian Byrne with us. Angel of Broadway is premiering on the 12th and 13th of June in the National Concert Hall. The question was, where are the studios of LMFM? They were in Drogheda, of course. And we got loads of WhatsApp and text answers. And there are two people going along. Who's going on the 12th? The Lucky Ducks going uh, on the 12th is Imelda Hurst from Stabannon. Well done to you, Imelda. And on the 13th? Kira Murphy from Navin. There you go. So we have somebody from the Wheat County and the Royal County going along to Angel of Broadway. And thanks to everybody who uh, entered that quiz this afternoon on the show. Another long-term landmark business in the North East closing. This time it's in trim. Nine is fashion. 66 years and it will be no more shortly. I'm joined on the line by the proprietor, Anne-Marie O'Donnell. Hello, Anne-Marie. Hello, Jerry. How are you? How are you? Are you sad? Yes, I am. Yes, there's a sadness there, but it's been um, it's been a long time. We've had great years, so I have nothing to complain about. Why are you closing? Why am I closing? Um, I'm retiring. That's basically it. End of yeah. the line. You're yes, giving yes. up work yourself at this stage. I ha- well, at this stage, uh, I, my husband retired from education last year, and uh, it's my turn now. I think. <laughs> and don't you? Don't you deserve it? And doesn't don't people deserve? It? And so many people don't get to enjoy their retirement either. So I wish you. Who knows? Yeah, I wish you many years of happiness in your retirement. But listen to this. This is a very historic place because it was your mum, Nina, who who opened. What year did the business begin? She started in a rented property uh, in 1953, and then uh, they purchased where we are now in 1959 and relocated. So she was about to retire. She was my age and she was about to retire herself and I decided to join her. I was in the bank in Drogheda. Right. And you came into the business at that stage? I came into the business at that stage, yes. So together we... Was that a big change, you know, from banking? Well, it's all business, isn't it? But you were working for... It was all retail. It was retail banking, you know. So, no, it wasn't really. It was much more fun, I'd have to say. Mm. And you do say, I saw you quoted, that it hasn't been like going to work. You've loved it so much. I did, yeah. I love the customer contact. And I've had lovely, lovely staff over the years. I, I can thank them for the reason that we stayed in business so long. Mm. And and w- be, w- just to go back to the bank and before that, were you in and out of the shop helping out with your mum before? Oh, you very know? reluctantly, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> really? My job, a, my job as a kid was to dust the handbags on a Saturday morning and the following Saturday they could still be undusted. <laughs> <laughs> But that all changed actually when you went in and took the responsibility, yes. Nobody else was going to do it. No, no. I wanted to ask you this, like from 53 to the present, by God, there have been many economic challenges in the country, which you obviously or your mum weren't immune from. But what about that last recession? How did you cling on? Um, I would say um, getting customers' names on a text list 
was the most positive thing that happened to us after the recession. Okay. As customers came in, they signed up and um, so we sent direct mail to them all the time on a text basis rather than email. Yeah. Uh, that was, that, that really helped us, yeah. Mm. Who did you cater for? Who was your customer? Was it a, an age profile of woman or what? Yeah, it was really, it was, well, when I started out, it was probably the profile of myself in my 20s and my mother's profile. She was in her six, in her late 50s. Mm. But uh, as as I got older, of course, the age profile moved up a bit. Mm. But we still catered for, uh, uh, we, we did a lot of children's wear. Right. Okay. So, and we had the, the mums coming in for that. Mm. So you had a, a number of uh, potential customer streams that you, you well, nurtured. Yes, we see a lot of people these days now saying, you know, I got my christening robe, I believe, was bought in Niners and I remember mm. buying her communion dress. Yes. And a confirmation outfit, you know, so we had generations. Yeah. Isn't that lovely, though, and, and that history? And I'm sure people will treasure them if they had them today forever. Is it true that the young ladies of Trim, when they shortened the hemlines in the 60s, caused an unbelievable stir in the royal county? I'm not so sure about that, no. <laughs> that might be a bit of an exaggeration. Is it really? Come on. I, so. I heard there were great legs but, in Trim. Well, I wasn't here in those days, so I, it's only hearsay. <laughs> you can't confirm or deny it. Well, no. rumour has it on the grapevine that the hemlines went up and the legs were magnificent. Well, there you go. That's Trim Women for you. <laughs> oh, that's Trim Women for you, for sure. Will you miss it? I know you're looking forward and you feel hey, it's time. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Ask, give me a ring now in about a year's time and I'll tell you. <laughs> See, do you know what you'll say to me? I I walked out those doors and you know what? Another one opened and away we I, went. Who knows? Who knows? You know? Yeah, well, most people do actually say that, to be honest, Anne-Marie. When yeah. uh, it closes, they move on and, and their lives... lovely customers. I will miss the customer. Kind yeah. Of it's the people that supported you over the years, really. Absolutely. And, and listen, just while you're with me, where did you buy from or source, you know, your fashion? Um, in recent times, um, I went to fashion fairs in Germany and England twice a year. Um, and I'd sourced a lot of it from uh, wholesalers. Uh, some reps still called around with yes. products. But no, generally it was it's bought six months, it's booked six months in advance. Mm. So you're working well ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a couple of companies that I would buy three months in advance and they'd deliver every month, three months later, after they booked them, you know. Okay. And did you enjoy that, you know, going to the fairs and uh, picking up... What? <laughs> Does it duck like water? I know. I shouldn't have even asked you that. And a few staff members came with me on occasions. There's one particular lady, she knew who I'm talking about, and uh, our luggage got lost in, um, in Heathrow. We were going to a fair in Dusseldorf. So we ended up the first day of the fair with the same clothes we'd travelled in, no makeup. And somebody very kindly handed us their bag of makeup. So we went down to the bathrooms and we looked worse. <laughs> this lady had pale, fair skins, bright, fair hair, and all blues and greys. And myself and my colleague looked horrendous. But however, we got by. And did the bag turn up? The bags turned up the night before we came back. Oh, mother yeah. of divine, yeah. yeah. But you got them anyway in the end. Yeah, nice exactly. story to remember. But I'm sure, like, going to fairs like that, it's wonderful. The new creations, the colours, the seasons, it must yeah. have been invigorating for and you. And to meet, to meet the buyers from other parts of yeah. the country. Yeah. 
Like there's a little group of us that meet up um, every time we go to the fairs in London, you know? Yeah. Yeah, lovely That's memories of... of, of uh, compare notes, who's mm. buying what brand and what worked well for you, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Now, we rang, I know, last week and you couldn't talk to us. We after your tonsils. The place was mad with people. When are you actually closing? We are. We have decided we're closing on Saturday week. OK, so... The 8th of June. All right, so there's still time. Oh, there's loads of time. We actually sold out our stock pretty much by last weekend, so we have new stock this week. Great. Hmm. And there'll be plenty of stock there up until There's the 8th when the doors finally close. Are you, are you having a little celebration or anything at the end? Or? I'm not sure. I'd say we won't go out unknown. Yes. 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 Oh, do go out it's with a bang. Yes, yes, yes. After all these years. Well, look, at. just wanted to say hello to you today and remind people that you are open until the 8th. But that will be it at that stage. And we remember today your mum, Nina Cully, and of course yourself being the successor, Anne-Marie O'Donnell and all the staff uh, through the years. And I have to say my lovely husband, Jerry O'Donnell. Oh, yes. Him. I couldn't have continued to run it. Oh, my God. Jerry it's did good. all the background work. Yeah, it's a good job you got him in before I went off the air. There would have been trouble at mill. Anyway, good luck to you Jerry, in the years time. ahead, Anne-Marie. Wish you well. Thank you very much, Jerry. Not Bye. at all. Thank you for talking to me. That's Anne-Marie O'Donnell there from Niners in Trim. 66 years not out, but they're out next Saturday week for sure. So if you want to check it out, get over there and give them a shout and wish them well. The circle of life, isn't it? Yes, that's what it is. And our circle takes us to the kitchen where hopefully Miss Selena Mullins has been good to her word and we can actually sample Louise some of this pizza. pizza that's what we're waiting for anyway let's see if we don't get it we'll bloody will tell you tomorrow I can guarantee you that anyway thank you for joining us on the show this afternoon see you tomorrow Thursday and one last word for me come on the gunners it's Arsenal's night it has to be please shine on us tonight from up above let's win this cup see you tomorrow have one the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Carrickman Cross Credit Union, where a student loan can help you finance your further education. Call to Carrickman Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CarrickmanCrossCU.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.